thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. six o'clock it usually is racers alley which is a great show about motorcycles and if you've been to mutant radio you'll know that we have all this incredible motorcycle art up right now by joey mock and you can buy it and it's amazing but it's not racers alley it's actually time for an unscheduled open mic because there aren't enough open mics on thursdays and these guys dumped out for tonight so i was like what the fuck are you doing i'm not let's fucking go do some comedy and shit so we've got comics here Hey, remember, please, 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 please give me money for being back here and running the board and doing this stuff and keeping the space open because it costs money and the rent is crazy and oh my God. So there's that. But if you can't afford for any reason to give me money, that's fine. Just um, do some Instagram work for me. Do the Instagram picture and do the thing and make us look cool because Mutiny Radio looking cool definitely helps me. Also, um... We've the, the new flyers and posters are out for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, so if any of you want to take any of those and distribute them around, that would be amazing! And at the end of this open mic, I really need some new uh, commercials recorded here because it's boring when my voice is on every single commercial, so I need some people to stick around after and be the voice on the breaker of uh, El Rio and then also of the Comedy Festival, so please stick around and help me out. But we've got an open mic, everybody, and it's going to be cool and fun. And and um, you know how it works. I'll honk the horn when you have a minute left. Basically, like, I don't know what time's going to be. We're kind of going to do it till I'm bored. So, like, entertain me or I'll honk you early. Ha <laughs> ha, motherfuckers. So it should be fun. Just uh, don't bore me. <laughs> don't, don't bore me because life is exciting. Uh, here we go. Your first comedian of the night, and uh, she's a lovely human being and a lovely, lovely lady. Keep your clap your hands together for Sabrina Miller. Happy New Year, everybody! Happy New Year. You know that means it's time to talk about New Year's resolutions and suicide. <laughs> suicide pack sex is my least favorite type of sex. I have to say. It is. You ever had suicide pack sex? You ever do your partner and then end up finishing yourself off in the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, hopefully 2020 will be better. Suicide is not funny. Uh, that's what my friends tell me. I think it's hilarious, but suicide is not funny, let's be honest. Uh, but the shit that, that non-depressed people say to depressed people is fucking hilarious. Take, for instance, 
Don't do it! You have everything to live for! No. What the fuck? Don't be that asshole who says to someone at the height of despair, you have everything to live for. No, no. You don't say that. Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna shout any, anything to, to someone at the height of despair, maybe shout, Sir, don't do it! I have some leads on affordable housing in the Bay Area! Something like that. Come on down, we can shout about it. You don't have to say that it's Chesapeake Bay. Just keep it vague. You know, you gotta be an ally. Just do your part. Uh, I don't know, don't do it. You have everything to live for. There's a, there's a time and place for that. And that time and place is when, you, when your friend uh, tells you that he's thinking of working at an Amazon warehouse. Then for the love of God, shout it to the rooftops, don't do it, you have everything to live for. Okay. Another thing you should never say to a depressed person, uh, never, never tell a depressed person to do the opposite of depression <laughs> because they will do the opposite of listening to you. Uh, I had a therapist tell me to do the opposite of depression. Um, Jesus Christ. God damn it. It's like the opposite of depression was why I was there in the first place. Like I tried mania. <laughs> I tried mania many times. Did not go over very well for me. Uh, so back in the day, my doctor put me on lithium. That was the first medication that, that, I, that I was put on. I had to stop lithium. I didn't like lithium. I didn't like the, the way it made me feel. Now, lithium, lithium is a drug for you. If, if you like knowing what it's, uh, if you want to know what it's like to feel like driving through Nebraska all the fucking time, then lithium is, is the medication uh, for you. So now I take another medication. I, I, I like it. Uh, yeah, I like my new medication. I like lithium light. It's great. Diet lithium has fewer side effects, you know? Diet lithium, now with half the toxicity. All right. I don't know. I, I hope 2020 goes better than 2019 because I went through a really bad breakup in 2019. Like, it sucked. Uh, I had to break up with my partner because I, you know, I found out he was microdosing. Now, it doesn't sound like a reason to break up with somebody. But, like, believe me, if your partner is microdosing on polyamory behind your back, <laughs> break up with them. <laughs> break up with them. Like, I, I got to learn to trust again. I got to learn to open my heart. Uh, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, he has this song. It's very inspiring. One of the lyrics is, we need love in the world. Love is the cure. We need love in the world. Love is the cure. It's catchy, right? Love is the cure. Like, what the fuck? The cure for what? I, I was on love for like six months, and I still had OCD. Uh, I, think, I think love did cure me of one thing, uh, my desire for monogamy. That's the only thing that love cured me of. Love is not the cure. Let's face it. Love is the cause. Love causes many things, some of which need to be treated with the antibiotics. <laughs> love caused my sister. She was, she was a very good-natured baby. My sister was. I, I like to call her a Bob Ross baby. She was, a, she was a happy little accident. That was my sister. I thought that was cute. Uh, here's one. Here's the premise. Love is like marijuana. Why is love like marijuana? Because you can build up a tolerance to it. Yeah. Some people build up a tolerance very easily. Anything new? Nothing really new. That's like most of the new stuff right there. Uh, 
Well, you all know about me being transgender, so I don't have to do that segue, except you, now you do. So that's cool, now I can do this joke. Uh, so I've got a twin in the city, apparently. Uh, I have been mistaken for my, my twin in San Francisco. This one woman was like, it's like, hey, hey, remember me? It's, um, it's Stacy from HR, you remember? I'm like, no, I'm, I, I'm Sabrina. Now, I, I wonder if my twin has ever been mistaken for me. It's like, it's like, hey, hey, Sabrina, I saw your set the, the other night. Like, you were, you were great. Oh, my God. Like, you were so brave to talk about being tra transgender on stage. You were, like, so courageous. And then I think my twin would finally understand why the conversation abruptly stopped when she came back from the bathroom and <laughs> came back to the Christmas party. It's like, oh, that's what's going on, though. I don't know. Maybe everybody really likes her, you know, now. Maybe they think she's very brave. And you're welcome, doppelganger. <laughs> All right, my name is Sabrina Miller. That's been my time. Give it up for your host, Pam Benjamin, for hosting this pop-up mic. Sabrina Miller, everyone. Yay. Here we are on a Thursday. It's not usual, but yay. Here we are. Yay. And everyone's in the room. And making jokes with each other, and that's great. Your next comedian, he has a show here every Sunday from 2 to 4 called Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with your next comedian. Give it up for Mike Spiegelman! Uh, hey, all right, yeah! Whoa! It's my first set of 2020, isn't that great? I blew yesterday off. Fuck yesterday's mics, but I'm here. Oh man, you can't, I can't, happy new year, huh? Wow. I, this is the time where I either tell new jokes or jokes I wrote about January 12 months ago that I can't use any other time during the year. So, it's great. Huh? They got the Valentine's decorations up. Wrote that last year. That one's not new. I actually was going through this joke book and I wrote, in case of Jewish wedding, please break glass. And I really am so embarrassed by that joke. I don't think that's like, that joke has absolutely no oxygen to it. I think people, if I wrote it as a tweet, people would like quit social media. They'd be like, this, this just is a waste of time. Hi, my name is Mike Spiegelman. What a pleasure to be here. I like shopping at mom and pop brick and mortar stores, right? Because uh, brick and mortar is expensive online. And uh, mom and pop has the best collection. I like going into a store. I, Amazon, I can't go into Amazon. The thing I like about going to a store is that in a store, people ask me if they could help me. They're like, can I help you? I'm like, are you a store that sells shit? Then no, because that's why I'm here, right? And you never get online and like a couple of seconds into it, you get a little note saying, hi, can I help you, sir? So I miss, I miss the interaction. I like physical things. I like carrying bags. Uh, with me, and uh, I am uh, scared of boxes. So that's about me, that's why I don't shop online. I get a box on my doorstep and I go, ah, it's an Omen. No, it's a DC battery for my DS. It's a little DS battery for my Nintendo, it's in a box. Uh, I should check my notes. <laughs> that was really good. I'm not, I'm not checking my notes, is that great? I'm losing it. Uh, it's great to be here. You know, my favorite TV show is Friday Night Lights, which, oh, by the way, you know what's even better than the TV show Friday Night Lights? It's the movie. Friday Night Lights, the TV show. Well, you know, but it's better than the movie is the book, Friday Night Lights, which inspired the, uh, oh, you know what's actually better than the book? The inspirational true life events that inspired the book, that inspired the movie, inspired the TV show. It's all about one simple tenet. 
everything you learn from life, you learn from high school football. It's true. Yeah. You know what I learned? Let's beat up Mike Spiegelman. Let's beat him up in the locker room. Yep, that was my one joke. I'm really excited by that one. That's not even new. You guys ever go into a time machine and see an ashtray built into it and you're like, huh, how old is this time machine? That's not me. By the way, that joke was from Twitter. I got 600 views on that one, so I had to say it out loud. Not the, not really the joke, but the fact that I got 600 views, that's pretty impressive. All these social medias, they hook you with likes and retweets, and then now they're like, we won't tell you how many followers you have. You have to click a bunch of links. I'm not gonna tell you how many likes. Why am I posting? What's wrong with me? Sorry, it's good to be here. <laughs> oh, I have a joke about a typewriter. I wish I remembered it. This stuff is fucking old in there. You know, I had a dream about Aquaman. Aquaman is a fucking selfish prick, right? He, he came to save me because he thought I was yelling, kelp, kelp. Kelp me. He's like, I'm here for the kelp. Uh, I heard there was kelp. Uh, I am going to throw money in because I shouldn't be looking at my notes. That's a New Year's resolution. And had I gone out last night and performed, I would have. Uh, you know, there's a, you ever been in a neighborhood where there's two cafes and one cafe is always open, but it's such a douchebag cafe, you'd rather go to the other one? No, no one's from Balboa and between 32nd Avenue and 38th Avenue. All right. But there's a cafe that I love and they were closed on New Year's Day. And I said, oh, that means I have to go to the other cafe. And I did not go. I'm really proud of that. I have two bucks I was going to give you, but I don't see it in my, I've been checking my pockets on stage. So that's too bad. Oh, oh. It was in the other pocket. Thank you. How many pockets do I have? Let me check. Five. Do you guys ever put anything in your little Levi pocket, the little main pocket? It's a great way to forget about something. Like six years later, you're like, I got Coke? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's for my time. You've been very gracious. Bye. Mike Spiegelman, everyone. Six years ago, he might have had Coke in his pocket. That's very funny. Yay, Mike Spiegelman. Hey, everybody, listen to his show. It's really great. It's on Sundays. It's called Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. And Carl calls in, and they watch a movie, and it's awesome. And you can watch it, too, and enjoy, you know, free movies on YouTube. Your next comedian, wow, we just, uh, we've been figuring out his name and what he wants to be called for weeks now, and it's a lot of fun. He's a really funny guy, uh, and I so... I think that my favorite joke of yours is about the one where you almost went gay with the guy in the in the place. That was I love that joke. Put your hands together, everybody, for Casey Koenig! Yay! Thanks for being here, everybody. Mike, I love that little pocket joke about the Levi. I'm gonna think about that all day or all night. Just this guy right here. Oh my god! What kind of treasure is in there? Who knows? Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Thanks for being here at Mutiny, or kind of here on your, at Mutiny. Uh, I, um, yeah, I've, uh, I've, uh, I, I don't know about you guys. I think we're all comics here. But I uh, did this thing a couple weeks ago. I was like, you know, it's the end of the year. I'm going to review my comedy, you know, 2019. I'm going to do it. And I wrote, I just watched all the videos and listened to all the clips. And I realized that 
pretty much the only thing that people relate to me on <clears throat> is degradation. <laughs> like, I have so many clips of myself, like, trying to, like, just, like, bring it on stage, just, like, <laughs> at some shitty open mic, like, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell it how it is, and then the audience just kind of looks back at me, like, we, we don't like you like that. <laughs> um, you just learn. I guess that's all I'm trying to say. Um, I have gone through several uh, names uh, right now. Uh, well, one of the reasons is because my last name is difficult uh, for people to pronounce, and um, they have, uh, I don't know, they, I, I always feel bad that they feel bad for not being able to pronounce it, because I really don't think it's that important. Um, Mostly because I don't think I'm important. <laughs> no, no, no. And not even in like a bad, like, I guess I'm important in a way where like a mother loves a child's kind, but barely, right? Like, so I'm just, I didn't say that for pity, but okay. Um, I don't know. I really don't get hung up on it. The main reason is because uh, my mom is an Asian immigrant and she's never once said my name correctly. Not once in my life. She, she, my name's Casey. She says it. Oh, Casey. <laughs> you have a good time, a comedy night? And like, I don't know. I guess that, I feel like it'd be dumb to be mad about that. Like, should I just like snap at her? Like, <laughs> mom, it's like you don't even know me. Well, you're not even saying my name right. I'm going to punch that up. Um, Another thing I noticed about myself is uh, my reliance on Google Maps, or just my phone in general, but mostly maps. Like, uh, I, I've driven here uh, every week in 2019, and uh, I don't know any of the streets. Like, I don't even know what street this is. I think I know Florida because it's like the name of a state, but other than that, like, I, I'm really reliant on my phone. Um, all right, yeah. I uh, I think um, I know that my phone listens to me sometimes, and uh, I feel like it would be helpful. Like I don't know. Like you, you guys ever notice like those like uh, oh no, this somebody's already done this joke. I'm gonna bail on it. I was gonna talk about how anytime you see like banner ads, it's always for things that you've just been talking about. You know, like you're on your browser, like you'll just see like rope <laughs> or like. Oh, there's, I don't know, a cement block. Um, this, uh, during the holidays, I noticed that uh, one of my uh, big things about bumping into people is that uh, I've been an adult for a while now, but adulthood hasn't felt like adulthood because uh, there's still old guys that judge me. Like, <laughs> I still feel like I'm being tested by old guys all the time. Like, I was uh, in the car with my uncle, and we were going to get some coffee, and I was, uh, I pull up, we, I find a parking space right in front of the coffee shop and I, and I'm just starting to sweat because he's just staring at me and just like, and just like, I don't know if that's aligned right. Like you should be swinging it. And I, I try maybe like three, four times to get this parking spot. And it gets to the point where like he actually rolls down the window, sighs, and then looks at the people on the patio of the coffee shop. Like, can you believe this right here, right now? Like, <laughs> like, look, watch my nephew try to park. Like, he's he's pretty Asian. I don't know what to say. Um, another thing I've noticed is that whenever I'm on a hike, uh, I always uh, I always feel like old guys try to pass me up. Like I'm just like walking on a trail. And I just hear their footsteps in the back, just 
like just yeah they're revving their engines like <laughs> and i i just like and then you see like that they pass you up they got their like you know little turtle head but they're really fast and um i don't know that was just a moment that i thought you guys might relate to but maybe not um i'm actually feeling good that this is my first mic of 2020 and uh let more bombs happen for me okay i gotta give some money and get out of here thanks so much bye making money off bombs everybody it's casey kinnick yeah hooray we're all here on a Thursday. We're all here to tell jokes. Hopefully some of you are going to stay and be voices for me on commercials because my voice on all the commercials is boring. Your next comedian, what a lovely funny guy, runs a great show in Oakland at the Legionnaire. Put your hands together for Daniel Lewis. All right, thanks. Shout out to the Legionnaire here. Yeah, it's a good spot. Yeah, first, uh, we're all getting the first set out of the way, getting the kinks worked out. I don't know. Maybe not. Mostly kink. This is actually going to be mostly kink, this set, in more ways than one. Yeah, you guys. Well, they say that uh, if you want to know how someone has sex, just watch the way they dance. They'll tell you a lot about the way they have sex. And I know it's true for me. Like, uh, I can't do either like no one's watching. Yeah. Right. Nah, man, they say that, okay, so listen, I'm going to be honest. They say that uh, premature ejaculation is all mental. It's all in your head. They can cure it, and I can attest to this myself. You know, I was able to, with the power of my own mental capacity, uh, stop caring when I finished. That was really good. And, you know, hey, now I finish right on time every single time, which is good. <laughs> nah, man, like, it's a, it's a problem, though. I, mean, I, I have to think about uh, something boring, like, take my mind off it so I can last a little bit longer, you know? Like, I think about baseball during sex, but it has me an extra five or ten minutes. You know, but I don't know if you guys knew, the inverse also works. Like, if you, if you concentrate hard enough on sex, uh, it makes baseball go faster. Absolutely. Man, take it from me. You blow a load about the third inning, they'll kick you out of the stadium. That's, uh... Baseball over. It works. <laughs> Baseball over, guys. <laughs> now, it kind of sucks. It seems so cruel to me. It takes women so much longer, you know? Like, uh, like it seems cruel to me that we have to, we have to sort of think about something else, like concentrate in order to last longer just so that they can concentrate in order to finish, you know? It just seems like some kind of a cruel reality to me. You know, like, uh, I think this is why powerful women haven't gotten swept up in the Me Too thing that much. You know, like they don't lock the door behind them when their bosses or their male counterparts come in so they can watch them masturbate. You know, not because of some power dynamic, because nobody has an hour and 15 minutes in the middle of the day like that. <laughs> right? Just going to stand there and watch them hit that elevator button for an hour? I'm not going to do it. All right. What else does I want to talk about? Just working through some. Okay. Uh <laughs> You know, somebody, the, way, the way that you know somebody has a good job is that they have to tell you not to do that job. That's how you know they have a good job. They say, whatever you do, ah, oh, whatever you do, don't become a lawyer, man. It is the worst. You know, that, that means they have a good job. Because people with shitty jobs know that they don't have to do that, you know? Like your uncle doesn't go, eh, hey, whatever you do, don't be a toll collector on the freeway. I know you're thinking it. Don't do it. Whatever you do. Don't be a maintainer and installer of uh, porta potties on construction sites. 
I know it's not all it's cracked up to be, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I have a job now. I kind of miss my old jobs that I had when I was younger. I don't know about you guys. So like now, I have jobs where I do uh, like projects and stuff, and the projects they sit there. Like when I take a day off now, I don't actually get a day off. I just I don't have to go in that day, but it just builds up while I'm gone. And I come back, I still have to do all that shit. Still have to answer all the emails. You know, like in the old days, it was so much better. Like when I was delivering pizzas, you took a day off. You didn't come back and there's like 70 pizzas stacked up. And they're like, ah, you got to get these out. We got to get them out the door. I don't know. Just an idea that I like. What else? I was thinking about, uh, you know how when like a team loses a big championship or like a division title or something? They already made all the clothes, the t-shirts, the hats and stuff. You know how they like, they donate them to like third world countries for people to wear, you know, if the team loses. So, like, do you think that, like, in pl- like places like Bangladesh, they have, like, alternate oral histories of sports based on the T-shirts and stuff they sent over there? Like, everybody in Bangladesh believes that the lovable losers Yankees have suffered defeat at the hands of the mighty Red Sox many, many times in a row. It's, a, it's the stuff of lore. What else? Suicide came up. I'll like start the uh, year off on a positive note, just like, <laughs> just like Sabrina did. I don't know if you guys heard that uh, for the first time in, in modern American history, there are more suicides than traffic accident deaths. So for the first time, they've been outnumbered. But, and, but you know, I know that seems really grim, but like, there's sort of a silver lining to it, which is that like, one of the reasons there's more suicides now is that, that driving's just gotten safer and safer and safer at the same time. So there's a little uh, feather in your cap right there. You're that much more likely now to make it from the unemployment office to the Golden Gate Bridge in one piece, which is good. Yeah. A couple people jumped off the bridge and they said, uh, they didn't, uh, they were interviewed about it in that movie, The Bridge, and they talked about how once they jumped, they thought, oh, no, 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 this is not what I want. And they, and you know, they, they went down a certain way and they were able to survive. But like, uh, to be fair, uh, right before they jumped, they also thought, oh, no, no, this is not what I want. So that's not that, it's not that great. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Clearly not contemplating suicide in any way for 2020. Ha ha ha! No, it is fine. It's 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 cool. Don't worry about. It. He's fine. He's he's gonna be okay. Don't worry. If you're worried, I know I'm making it worse. It's 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 fine. I'm, I read a book about alcoholism yesterday, so we're all making choices in 2020. Your next comedian. Hey, she's a new person that I haven't met before, but I'm excited that she's here. Clap your hands in a wild, slappy-like motion for Shawnee Gow. All right. Hello, everyone. I really liked your joke about the tiny pocket. As a woman, every single pocket is a tiny pocket. That's probably why I forget everything and everyone that gets in my pants. So, (laughs) you know, we talk about resolutions, and I feel like losing weight is always a big one. And honestly, I was in the gym earlier this morning doing squats, and I was talking to a friend, oh, is losing weight also your new year's resolution she was like no i'm here doing squats because i'm tired of dating white guys um for me though i think it's really crazy how weight loss is like so big because back in the days i remember um i never had to worry about serving sizes because i got all of my ketchup from mcdonald's 
Um, I don't know what you guys were doing, shaking that bottle when it gets nasty and separates. Like, I always knew there was exactly nine grams of ketchup on my cheeseburger. It was not a problem. Same thing with salt. There was two teaspoons every single time. And really, I didn't realize that my family's like household items operated differently than everyone else's until I went to a friend's sleepover. She was white, so she, you know, quote unquote normal. And she finished her toothpaste and she finished her toothpaste and she threw it in the trash. I was like, you monster. We all know when you're done with your toothpaste, if you just cut the back of the tube, every toothpaste comes with some free travel size toothpaste. And to use it, you just wipe the insides and to put it away for later, you just fold it. It lays really nice and flat in a little toiletry bag, okay? And the next morning, her mom was making some pastries for us, and she was using what I know now to be a rolling pin. I was like, huh, single-use kitchen appliances. You know, back home, we just use a bottle of hairspray. I thought that's what they meant by a two-in-one hair product, okay? And to be frank, everything in an Asian household is really like a two-in-one. Like, olive oil, nothing virgin about it, okay? And plastic bags, plastic bags literally are the fundamental connections of, like, it's what holds an Asian family together. You tie those little things into knots and you store them in every nook and cranny of your house and it will insulate your home. And it was my lunchbox, it was my rain jacket. Like I was matching my rain jacket with my lunchbox. So that's called sustainable fashion, okay, back in 2005. And it showed a lot of gratitude. I was saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, all the way to the school and back. But you know, I look back then and really, I really have made it so far because now I work in tech and I have a lot of flexibilities and privileges that people who work more stringent nine to five jobs don't have. For example, I can go in whenever I want. So starting next week, I'm gonna roll in at 1 p.m. every day. So it's guaranteed that there's one more free spot on the Muni during rush hour. and. There's a lot of animosity towards tech, and we know. That's why we take so many Ubers. You know, there's a 30 times higher fatality rate on Ubers than there is in public transit in San Francisco. Like, you guys talk the talk, but what have you done today that can increase the chances of a techie dying by 3,000%? And I'm gonna be doing that five times a week, twice per day. Did it on the way here. Um, so, we'll see. And, uh, what else am I gonna try to do to give back? Oh yes, there's been so many times I've almost died in Uber, but no matter what, my giving heart's like, it's always five stars and a tip. You know, Jamal and his little Prius that could has a dream. They also have to make a living and I support their hustle. I was thinking back about how why is the drinking age 21? And I think the US government came up with the drinking age 21 the same way I split a bill with my friends. Like, 20 is probably more than enough, but just to be safe, 21, you know? And 
it's difficult to split a bill because in SF, if you eat out with more than eight people, one of them's probably vegan. And like you look at it, it's like, oh, there's a straw tax. Who used a straw? Okay. Did you also, you also shared the smoothie? We all equally sipped the smoothie with the straw. It takes like 30 minutes to break up that bill. And I feel like, you know, if you just tack on a dollar, I get at least minimum wage for um, all of that. And also with the New Year's, I am moving, so I have a nice male roommate, and I'm gonna take on the responsibility to find um, someone new to replace me. And we were scrolling through, and he just looked upset. And I was like, she looks totally fine to me, what's wrong with her? He was like, well, she just might be a little bit too attractive to live with. And I was like, okay, we will update the listing to employed, clean, and ugly. And I will attach a photo of my face so they understand what range they need to be at. Uh, <laughs> and that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much. Johnny Gow, yay! Don't don't feel terrible about it. I uh, I used to have a two bedroom place and I had to have a person move in, and there was a guy who came to the door and he was so attractive. I just shut the door in his face. I was like, "You cannot live here. You're too cute. Like I will definitely fuck you, and I don't want that in a roommate. You know what I'm saying? You can't fuck your roommates. You just can't. So uh, it's I mean it, it's just a thing. Uh, but good times. Thanks for being here. Yay. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for donating and being awesome. This is an extra special, super open mic here on a Thursday because there aren't enough open mics on Thursday and Racers Alley didn't happen. So here we are. Uh, your next comedian. What a joy and wonderment he is. Clap your hands together for Steven Asifo. All right, I didn't know when you were going to cut it. I'm ready to rock out. Nah. Yeah, they may got to celebrate. What a time to be alive, man. What a time to be alive. We're entering a new decade. Uh, I had a chance to reflect on the past decade. A lot of great things happened. Like, we saw weed become legal. You know, what a time, man. What a time. And if you think, and I, when I was thinking about it, the biggest difference, like, with weed being legal, is, is just there's customer service. Like, that's the only difference that's happened. For better or for worse. For better or for worse, like, uh, like for companies, it's worse. Like I saw there was one story uh, about one of the big cannabis companies. They lost $400 million uh, this past quarter in return products. Return products? <laughs> Who was letting y'all return weed? Like what part of the game is that? You know, like I've, I've never bought drugs from anyone and they'd be like, you know what, dog, if you don't like that, just bring it back in 14 days. We'll give you store credit. Uh, you know, I would show up every 13 days like, <sighs> Yeah, you know what? This just ain't hitting the way it's supposed to, man. Like, I was smoking for more of a head high. My whole body's numb. Yeah, I can take this back. Um, no, I can't do that. For, for a consumer, it's definitely a lot better. It's definitely a lot better. Um, because I remember, I mean, growing up trying to buy weed, like, 
all the drug dealers were assholes. I don't know. They they always made me seem feel like a nuisance for asking them to buy shit from them. Like, how do you make me feel bad for trying to give you money, dog? Uh, but now, like, if you go to like a dispensary, like it's like a Chick Fil A experience. Like they ask you like the like the make, model, locally source. They help you out of your car. They have a loyalty program. They deliver. Like if my drug dealer knew I can see his location, bringing me weed, he'd be real pissed. He'd be like, "Yo, you with the feds?" And I'd be like, "Nah, son, nah." Nah, but I I I am ready for this this next decade. I'm ready ready to take the next step on love. You know, like I I, I really want uh, what my parents had. You know, because my my parents they knew like I think what's really important, and that's what my parents had. They knew how to give each other space. You know, they yeah they gave each other so much space. They had separate cars. They had separate homes. They had separate families. You know, like I was like, oh, this shit is awesome. <laughs> Um, so I'm a child of divorce and, uh, the, and, and, uh, and being a, and being a child of, of divorce, uh, is interesting. I, I've learned it's made me better at work because I've learned to be impartial. Uh, like my, my mom would talk shit about my dad. My dad would talk shit about my mom and I'd be somewhere in the middle. Like, okay, so who the fuck is going to take me to school? Like I can take myself. If I just get the keys. Like somebody help me, um, was that going on there it didn't work out too well um but it, but it, at work at least it's working out um oh well we'll try that one later 2020 there we go uh okay so um uh another thing i've been thinking about is going on vacation i don't know if people have vacation lined up but the best part about vacations are like or what makes a vacation is like getting out of your own life or getting out of your own normal life things that make it seemed like better in your life. That's what makes something a vacation, you know? Like, have you ever gone somewhere because of, like, an exchange rate is, like, in your favor? Like, I, I do that shit all the time. I only pick places where the exchange rate is in my favor. I went to Costa Rica last year where one U.S. dollar is 550 colones there. I exchanged $100. When they gave me my the money back, I was like, oh, my God, I own Costa Rica now. Like, this is ridiculous. So I was like, I should probably speak the language. What is their language? I'll change it to Ebonics. Like, that's <laughs> – like that's, it was it was different. Because I, I, I remember, like, a few years before, like, where it all started, like, my, my family, we, we took a trip to the Philippines, and – uh, we were like doing like a bunch of grocery shopping and shit like that. And then at the register, it came to like 20,000, like whatever. Right. And I turned my dad, I was like, Oh my God, I think we got to run out of here. I don't think we can afford this. He's like, shut the fuck up. It's $40, man. And I was like, Oh shit. Uh, cause like, I'm not used to that in my normal life. I'm not used to that in my normal life, but like, that's how a vacation should be. You know, I, cause I know if in my normal life, if I saw like 20,000 on the register, I'd be like, you know what, ma'am, I, I was not trying to buy this Prius. Please take this off the car. I don't know why I'm doing this. Um, no, I mean, I think, uh, like I, that's, I think I, that's probably why I would never go to Kuwait. Kuwait, it's like one U.S. dollar for every three, whatever Kuwaiti dollars are. Um, and I and I, don't, and I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to have to have a side hustle on vacation. I don't want to have to go there at the register and be like, hey, look, man. So I need a part time job. Like I got I'm two days of excursions. The other days I can come back, work it out, you know, work in the back. But I just don't got it all now. I don't know if you guys got a layaway for tourists, but it's expensive as shit there. Um, I wouldn't want to do that shit. Uh, anyway, um, what other things that I have on here? Uh, da, 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 da. uh, I've, I've now been living in California for 
three years now. Um, shout out me. And uh, I think the, the the thing that I learned the most is like how uh, passive aggressive people are out here. And I think it's because there's not enough black people. I think that's all it really is. Um, I, and I always imagine how things would be if there's just like one more black person in the room. I feel like things would be a lot different. Like the other day I was at this um, uh, slam poetry event and it was pretty whack, but I went anyway. Uh, and like slam poetry, you know, the lights are low, people are drinking and shit like that. And this one entitled woman gets up, you know, and she's like, my Uber was late today. It's always late. I need a lift. L-I-F-T, no. I need a lift. L-Y-F, and yo, someone yells out, bitch, shut the fuck up and just take the bus. Um, and and that person was me. Because uh, could you imagine if we all had to sit through that? Like, that would have been terrible. Um, you know, people always say, like, you know, I don't always talk about being the only black guy in the room. Um, because one is it's for reassurance, you know. Sometimes you want to look over at someone that looks like you and just gets it. You know what I'm saying? Like the other day, uh, I was at a grocery store, and I saw this woman walk past with this fat ass. Right? It was real nice, but I didn't look until she walked past me because I'm a gentleman, right? But when I looked, like I looked hard as shit. Like I hit one of these, right? Like I broke character, and I was like, and I was like, oh shit! I wonder if anybody can see me. And in the corner of my eye, I see this black dude. And he's just looking back at me like, <laughs> right? And I was like, oh my God, thank God. Like he, we both get what we were looking at, right? Like consent. That's what we were staring at there. All right, cool. Uh, that is all. Thank you guys very much. Happy 2020 to everybody. Everybody, Steven Asifo. He is not the only black man in the room because we got a black rock block, bitches. Yeah, we got a, we got a rock block right now of black comedians. Put your hands together, everybody, for Rob Edwards. Happy New Year from the other black guy. How y'all doing? Good. All right. So y'all got. Exactly. There you go. San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the black mic. I like it. I like it. Uh, so y'all got New Year's resolutions. What's what, any of y'all got any? No, nobody. Uh, my, my New Year's resolution is to uh, wear more white face. Um, yeah, black face was a big thing in 2019. I want to bring white face back. Um, where I'm going to wear white face when I go to the bank. I'm going to wear white face when uh, I go to a job interview, when I'm within 100 yards of a police officer, just throw on white face, you know what I'm saying? And I, I be telling my people, like, throw on white face just to see how it feels so you can understand it, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to do anything as serious as the things I mentioned. You can just throw on white face and make some terrible potato salad, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, even with that, you can feel the privilege, you know what I'm saying? Like, just not burdening yourself with needing to know what kind or how much seasoning to put on something. There is, there's a liberation in that, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you don't, I don't know, man. I feel like just knowing that I could bring shitty food somewhere and always get a spot on the picnic table is is reassuring. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. That's that's just more white face in 2020 for me. Uh, so I've been doing this bit um, about uh, women faking orgasms, and uh, you know I've I've been asking women like why they do it, and most of them are like, well, 
I just wanted it to be over. You know what I'm saying? Which makes sense. Yeah. You know, I don't agree with it. I think uh, faking orgasms is a, a participation trophy for whack dick. But, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, but I, I, I asked this because I'm like, well, I'm trying to figure out if any woman's faked it with me. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to figure that out, you know. And, you know, the first part, I don't think why, because, uh, you know, you said you just wanted it to be over. And my experience is, you know, if you actually make a woman climax, she's not going to tell you to stop. She's going to tell you to do it again and again and again. You know what I'm saying? I feel like women look at orgasms the way a fat man looks at uh, Krispy Kreme when the light is on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I better get them while they're hot because I don't know the next time I'm going to get them like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's how I feel, you know? And then also... I, I I was doing this bit and I'd ask girls to make like, hey, what's your what's your orgasm face? You know, what what face do you make when you're orgasming? And they all made some kind of cute little uh, you know, little cute face. That's not that's not been my experience. You know what I'm saying? Like in my experience, y'all look goofy as hell when y'all coming, bro. Like y'all make some goofy ass faces. You know what I'm saying? Like and I, I'm like, you wouldn't make that face on purpose. You fucking get your hair done, put all that makeup on just to hop on my dick and make a face that makes you look like Forrest Whitaker. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not, you know what I mean? Like same eyes and everything. Like I'm like, bro, you wouldn't do that on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't think they've been faking it with me. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so what else? Uh, so uh, Donald Trump gets a lot of heat as as he should for he's an idiot. But you know everybody got mad at him over some shit that I didn't understand the porn star shit. I, I didn't get why everybody was outraged about that. I mean, cause first of all, for me, if you've already agreed to be in a monogamous marriage, I already don't trust your judgment. So, but you know, uh, also you know. It, I, one of my favorite comedians had a joke. He said, uh, you know, if you don't, because he fucked her, he fucked the porn star raw, and he's like, if you don't care about gonorrhea, how are you going to deal with North Korea? I don't know if y'all have ever heard that one. Yeah, that was one of my favorite comedians said that. And while he said, you know, it was a clever joke, good play on words, but I felt like it was terribly misinformed. You know what I'm saying? Like, porn stars get tested more than we do. You know what I'm saying? They do. You know, it's a business, all right? And Gentle to warts on camera is probably bad for business. It'll fuck up their bottom line. You know what I'm saying? It's a business at the end of the day. You know, what's more dangerous is, is fucking us common folk. You know what I'm saying? Because look to the two people to the left of you and the two people to the right of you. According to the Center of Disease Control, one of you motherfuckers has herpes. And that, yeah, exactly. That ain't a punchline. That's just, that's just information. Information you need to base decisions on. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's the reality of it. And also, you know, I don't... You know, I just, I don't understand why that has to, why your job has, why does it matter who you're fucking on that job? You know what I'm saying? Like, even with the Bill Clinton shit, like, you know, like, how are you supposed to be the most powerful man in the world and you can't get your dick sucked? Like, that is, I don't understand that at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a stressful job. That's why Obama went in there and looked like black cracked with him, because that stress cracked his black ass. You know what I'm saying? He came out gray as fuck. You know what I mean? He wasn't getting his dick sucked enough because she didn't have time to do it. She was doing her own shit. You know what I'm saying? Gotta, you know. He to nominate a bitch from every state to suck his dick. Cause you know, just to keep him, keep his mind on, you know what I'm saying? That stress will break a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? All right, that one did all right. Uh, I'm about to go to the gym after this, pretty tired. I gotta mentally prepare myself for the confidence of old men when I go into the fucking 
the fucking locker room. I don't know, man. Maybe it's just the way I was raised, but you know, I just don't walk up on other people when my dick is out. You know what I'm saying? Like I just, it's you know, and it just be in the middle of the locker room with their balls just all just all on the floor. You gotta look at the floor, make sure you don't step on them like some kind of testicular minefield. I'm like, bro, you know what I'm saying? Like you just stand by your locker. You know what I'm saying? And then that's back when, well, 24 hour doesn't have towels anymore. Didn't lower the prices, but they don't have towels anymore. But that, that, that got me off my punchline, but fuck it. All right, I'm done. Yeah. Rob Edwards, everyone. Hooray. Rob Edwards. Hey, there's flyers. Grab some flyers out of the box right there because for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, it's very exciting. Your name's on them, Rob Edwards. Uh, all the 76 comics that are a part of the 2020 Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, March 1st through 7th, all the stuff's in, and I'm working really hard. It's in eight weeks. It starts here. It's going to be great. All right, you're a second to last comedian. Clap your hands together, everybody. It's Jack Ferguson. What's going on, guys? How are you? Happy New Year. Uh, Casey left, but something he said reminded me of something I wanted to say. Uh, he talked about how his mom couldn't pronounce his name. You guys know anybody here follow the NBA? You know who uh, Rui Hachimura is? Rui Hachimura? Okay, he was a guy drafted in the first round of the NBA draft last year. Uh, he was drafted like number eight, and he was the first ever Japanese player to be drafted into the NBA, and they announced that when he was drafted. I was like, fuck yeah, I want to see this like Yao Ming-ass motherfucking Japanese guy. And so they get to him walking up on the stage, and it's just a six-foot-ten black dude that comes from Japan. <laughs> he was just, his parents, the two black people, moved to Japan, raised him there, and he doesn't speak a word of English. <laughs> so now he's a six foot ten black dude living in America with a strong Japanese accent. <laughs> Which means that anytime he talks to someone, they definitely think he's being racist. You know? <laughs> like, dude, you got you gotta stop doing that Japanese accent, bro. <laughs> That's not cool. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm from Japan. They're like, we can tell that you're not from Japan, bro. <laughs> they don't make people like you there. <laughs> Can you also remember, like, just imagine that guy? Like, my mom spent some time in Japan. My mom's like a little blonde white lady because my grandpa's a professor of Japanese culture. And when she was there, she used to sell her hair. And maybe things have changed, but she used to sell her hair because the people she met had never seen blonde hair before. Can you imagine what they would do for a six foot ten black guy? That probably he was probably a celebrity in that country. All right. Moving on. Uh, I, uh, I've been catfishing. I've been really busy, actually. I've been catfishing a 68-year-old Republican man. Uh, he posted... <laughs> thank you, Pam. Uh, play is going to play. But uh, he posted... He made a website online, and it kind of went viral, which was... It, the title of the website was just Searching for My Republican Goddess. And then he had 12 pages of qualifications for like how tall you are, what your beliefs are, like what your measurements are, which obviously he's never used the internet before because all that guy was doing was telling me exactly how to catfish him. Like, like these are these exactly the kind of girl I need to find a picture of on the internet in order to catfish him. And what I ended up doing was finding a porn star who looked exactly like that. I found like a fully clothed picture of her and said it was me. And the reason I did that was because eventually I knew he would want me to prove that it was actually me, right? So he'd say like, all right, wear a green hat and do this pose so that I know it's you. Uh, 
And most girls on the internet, you just find a picture, you couldn't get a picture like that. But with a porn star, you could go on a cam website and be like, hey, my kink is you wearing a green hat, fully clothed in a Trump 2020 shirt, and uh, use the picture. I thought it was clever. Um, <laughs> I'm not actually doing it. I just, I'm pretending to on stage. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, let's see. Oh, I, I like to I like to give back to my community. I want to like give back to the place that I'm from, but the place that I'm from is really wealthy, uh, so they don't really need like volunteer hours or like canned food or anything. So what I started doing is just yelling at people's kids when they're unattended. Uh, that way, they get a little bit like in a wealthy neighborhood, they get a little bit of the trauma that will turn them into interesting, non-conceited people. Uh, you know, like I saw a kid like spill some Cheerios in the supermarket the other day. He was just playing around and he obviously didn't give a fuck. He was just going to walk away and let someone clean it up. And so I saw that his mom was off in the meat aisle and I was like, listen here, you little shit. You're going to pick those up or otherwise I'm going to kill you. And he started crying. He was five. And, uh, but he picked him up. So you're welcome, Menlo Park. Uh, <laughs> Robert, you were talking about uh, women giving women orgasms. I don't think I've ever made a, look, a girl look like Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> they mostly, the <laughs> they mostly just look like they're waiting for the bus. Uh, but <laughs> I think the the thing is, is like a lot of girls, I think, have different combinations of things that you need to do. At least in my case, if they want, if you want to make them come, right? And usually, if you the first time you meet someone, you don't know what those things are. So it's very difficult to make a girl come the first time you meet her, right? It's like uh, like solving like crack breaking into a padlock. You know, like you have to either get really lucky or have a hammer. Um, okay. <laughs> I do think women fake orgasms though. I can I can <laughs> I can verify that for that for you. Uh they definitely do. I think they should stop too. I think that it, it's sort of like it's false feedback, right? Like you don't how are you gonna improve if you don't know when you're succeeding and when you're not? Uh thank you, Pam. Uh so uh, you know it's like it, it just it makes us it, it gives us false feedback, right? Like if I was trying to learn how to sing and every time I opened my mouth to sing, somebody pretended to lose control of their legs. I feel like I might get a little arrogant, you know? <laughs> I feel like I would think I was something I wasn't. Anyways, that's it. Uh, thanks, guys. Jack Ferguson, everyone! Making women weak in the knees! Yeah! Uh, yay, so I'm gonna do just a quick five, and then please stick around. I need some people to do, um, to be voices in commercials, so yay. Okay, yay me. <laughs> That's true. Women, uh, women do fake orgasms. Uh, I've been doing it for years. It's absolutely true. It's a hundred percent true. And it is because we just want you to stop. We're like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just not in the mood anymore. I don't know what made me in the mood. Whether it's usually the cat. I've, I'm, I'm, you know, I really love the pussy, but I'm not a lesbian. I, but I would. I've had my first threesome was actually with two girls. And it wasn't like a sexual thing. It was like my best friend had just been broken up by her boyfriend and she was like crying and so upset and she was unconsolable. And I was like, darling, what can we do for you? And she was like, I could come. And I was like, 
I think we could take care of that. And so me and my other buddy, we made that happen for her. We had a great time. Halfway in the middle, though, she looks at me and she's like, do you have a cucumber, a carrot, something, anything? And I was like, I suck at this. I am not good. Like, I can't unlock it either. I, try, I even have one, and I don't know how to unlock it. <laughs> like, I was like, you know, clean up the crash site. Get in there. I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. It was rough. <laughs> I don't know. She was, having, she was having a rough day. I was like, I can make you come. I tried. I don't, I don't know if I, I don't think she faked it. I think she really might have. To, I don't, I don't see I don't know either no one knows everyone's like what are we doing right yeah uh, I was going to be like well what what makes me what makes me come I don't I see I don't watch porn I'm a weird kind of lady I'm like uh, I read you know what does it this is crazy does anybody remember clan of the cave bear books anybody a big reader just you, you remember from like the, yeah, I used to master, I didn't see the movie, I just read the books. See, that's the thing, that's how old school I am. I like read books and like masturbated to books. You know how hard it is to like lay on your stomach and have the chin, your chin resting on the book so you can still read the book. This is back before I was nearsighted, like I was a child so I could read really close to me. Now words to my face, no idea what they say. I could imagine, I could fantasize about any book. I could be like, this book is great, yeah. <laughs> I can't see. I'm blind now is what I'm saying. I'm an old lady. You're not old yet. Good for you. I'm 45. I'm going through menopause. It's awful. All I do is sweat at night like an alcoholic. Like I thought I was an alcoholic until I started going through menopause. And I'm like, this is way worse. If you've ever woken up at three in the morning, like sweating, that's what menopause is all the fucking time. Like, ah, sorry. I've been sweating a lot. I have, I've, and I lost my sense of smell. So if you please, any of you, if you smell me in any context, please tell me. Cause I honestly have no idea what I smell like at all and I'm sweating constantly because of the hot night sweat so I'm like is it real sweat or is it clean sweat do I smell just please tell it's like if you have food in your teeth tell a woman over 45 if she smells bad because she has no idea menopause is awful they never tell you this you lose your sense of taste and smell oh do you does it is my whole life just I cook for a living too so all the joy in my life has just disappeared like it used to be about flavor and now it's about texture like I would murder someone for a taquito you know what I mean it's all crunchy and hot spicy no flavor though I have no idea chicken beef it's all the same now I add a fig newton and you could have called it taquito and I'd be like no one cares about my woes it's fine just complaining about being an old woman. It's awful. I saw my favorite mail carrier down the street, the sexy one who I sexually harassed the other day, and I almost ran after him to give him a flyer and be like, I have a joke about you now. You're in my joke. Because I did sexually harass my mailman because I'm going through menopause and I turned into a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> it's going to happen to you too. Don't worry. You'll just start sexually harassing men on the street. It's fine. I understand catcalling. I really do. But you can't catcall a men because they're all dogs and they love it. They're like, yeah, you just said something nice to me. I like it. I'm like, yeah, I like it too. Keep. He's a sexy, tall male man, blonde hair, and he's very big. And I want to give him a flyer. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I see him every day at 5, 5.30 when I'm walking from my favorite bar to here. I see this hot male guy. And I'm like, mmm. <laughs> really cute it's fine I have a boyfriend it's not like I'm hard up for it I just like you know 
dudes now. I, I guess it's what guys do all the time. It's like you with the ass. You saw the ass and you were like, yeah. I wish I had like a menopause friend. Like we could walk by all the ass and be like, what? Yeah, you get it, boy. <laughs> show me. Undo that shirt. Ooh, show me a little nip. I like it. <laughs> Walking by the fucking thing. I love the summertime because they all take their shirts off. It's my favorite thing about 26-year-old men that play soccer. You get to watch them actually make their goals. They're literally making goals. It's amazing. Cool. Uh, the only good thing about menopause is I never have to have another abortion. That's great. That's never going to... I have an IUD anyways. It doesn't matter. It's fine. We could take that thing out. Uh, or, I mean, I need some new hormones. Oh, wow. It'll be fine. I'll be able to sleep soon. I don't sleep anymore. I don't sleep. I sweat. I'm I'm dying. It's amazing. I just can't wait. I just can't wait to get cancer too, because that'll just put the trifecta together. Like I want to sweat and have cancer. No, I don't. I don't want to say that out loud ever. Okay, none of this is funny. Thank you all for being here tonight. Thank you for giving money to Mutiny Radio. It really, really helps. We have to get a performance license because open mics are considered entertainment. Did you know that? In San Francisco, this is considered entertainment. <laughs> I was like, isn't it a workshop? If only comedians are coming to listen to each other's jokes. Isn't it a workshop? And she was like, well, kind of. But still, you're amplifying voices. So that's technically entertainment. So thanks, San Francisco. It's going to be great. We're going to... I think they have... It's called an LLP. It's a limited... Uh, performance license and uh, LPP and they're supposed to have it uh, for anything anything like this and and, you, and you're supposed to stop by 10 so any right so it's crazy I know all the rules who knew about the rules I know it's crazy but it's also um, the way that the city of San Francisco does it is that it is uh, complaint based so some fucking asshole dick bag around this neighborhood that we had some bands the other night and they ended at 10 15 instead of 10 and I wasn't here so obviously when I'm not here everything falls apart and we got complained against, and then they came out and they popped us. So don't be too loud, kids, because your neighbors. Anyways, there's a cunty neighbor in our neighborhood, I guess. She might have just moved in upstairs. Or Everyone's got one. It's fine. We haven't had an entertainment license. I've been running this for 11 years now, and we haven't had to have one yet. So thanks, San Francisco. Okay. Um, please, please stick around and be a voice on um, one of the things. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate your money and being here and working out your material. Ireland's 32 is having uh, an open mic. I believe the signups are at 8.30. It probably starts at 9. You should go over to that. Signups at 8. Oh, well, someone sign me up. Someone sign me up. Uh, thanks for being here. Bye. Yay.
Just motorcycle lawyers were part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1 800 Law Tigers or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Terrace, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834. Hey, everybody listening in Mutiny Radio. Things are going to be a little funky for a minute. We're going to record some commercials, so bear with us. Thanks so much. Yay! Okay, here we go. El Rio began her life in 1978 as a leather Brazilian gay bar. We are an LGBTQ space who is welcoming to all good people. We actively invest in communities to promote social change. We actively invest in our local arts and music scene to give space for artists. We actively pursue understood... Oh, I got to start. I said understood. El Rio began her life in 1978 as a leather Brazilian gay bar. We are an LGBTQ plus space who is welcoming to all good people. We actively invest in communities to promote social change. We actively invest in our local arts and music scene to give space for artists. We actively pursue underserved communities in the use of our space. We are an awesome supporter of the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, hosting an incredible offside show. Wednesday, March 4th, 9 to 11 p.m. with LGBTQ plus and allied comics. So come out to 3158 Mission Street at Cesar Chavez, San Francisco. It's open every day at 2 p.m. with an incredible back patio. El Rio is your dive. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie on 
Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. But you can apply now through November 30th. 50 shows in seven days, over 50 comics from all around the U.S., and you could be one of them. Go to the Mutiny Radio website, www.mutinyradio.fm. Click the Apply button. Pay that 20 bucks. Donate to Mutiny Radio and apply with your five-minute video to the Mutiny Radio 5th Annual Comedy Festival coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. Submissions close November 30th. Get those submissions in now. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat.
partner. What's happening? This is your boy Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1 800 Law Tigers or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834. San Francisco, Mutiny Radio. San Francisco, Mutiny Radio. Listen to live stream. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Mutinyradio.fm. Why not make a donation? Mutinyradio.fm. Streaming live the station. Mutinyradio.fm. District of the Mission. Mutinyradio.fm. Mutinyradio.fm. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco. MutinyRadio.fm. Hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun!
It's your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th. 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? This is the training that's going to be given to you by the Wu. Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. But you can apply now through November 30th. 50 shows in seven days, over 50 comics from all around the U.S., and you could be one of them. Go to the Mutiny Radio website, www.mutinyradio.fm. Click the Apply button. Pay that 20 bucks. Donate to Mutiny Radio and apply with your five-minute video to the Mutiny Radio 5th Annual Comedy Festival coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. Submissions close November 30th. Get those submissions in now. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Four Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. 
Counteroffer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month, Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays. Taco Tuesdays. First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. Parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. 
Thanks. Can you hear me? Welcome to High Spirits. On other days while coming home. What do you want me to do? To see you through. That was a little bit of American beauty there. Welcome to High Spirits. We are starting almost on time today. High Spirits, uh, your show that's ostensibly about sobriety. And what, what, what was that word? Sobriety? The one before it. Ostensibly. <laughs> what, what does that mean? Like, presumably... Uh, uh, what, what, are you, what are you, a lawyer or something? Presu- wait, or presumably... Gonna... What, what's the other word? Ostensibly, apparently... It's apparently. You're going to talk to us with 25 cent words tonight. Is that it? My co-host is here. Want to introduce yourself? Uh, My name is Pegasus. Pegasus. That's what. All right. Pegasus. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Pegasus. I'm your co-host along with Pegasus. My name is uh, Jay Quellen. Forgot for a second. You're here. You've joined us on High Spirits on MutinyRadio.fm. Sup, Jay What's up, P? Um, it's just us in the studio today, which is actually a change of pace. Not such a bad thing. I think it's uh, yeah, it's a good opportunity to just riff. And uh, Pegasus and I, we ain't seen each other for a while, uh, aka a couple days. Um, aka, uh, yeah. So um, we got a lot of catching up to do. Plus, we got this awesome packed show for y'all. And yeah, we're going to. I have some ideas of uh, some conversational things. I'll throw them out there, just things that have been going on. And wanted to check in on <clears throat> some stuff I was up to uh, in the Tenderloin today. Uh oh. And some observations there. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on. Groovy. Just uh, in a short time, we'll be there. I never took you for a Grateful Dead fan. Oh, yeah, Deadhead. Did you go to concerts and nope. wear tie-dye and drop acid? And- I have one Grateful Dead t-shirt that I bought on Valencia Street at San Fran Cycle. Get out there, y'all. San Fran Cycle, support it if it's still in business. I don't even know if it's San still in Fran business. San Fran Psycho. San Fran Cycle in this case. Yes, there's San Fran Psycho too, which I think is uh, like a clothing brand or something that also made a beer in conjunction with uh, the brewery uh, Anchor Steam. Yeah, it's like one of those Dolores Park kind of you know, t-shirt places like, Oh, okay. Yeah. San Francisco Fran psycho is on Dolores uh, on Valencia around 20th street. I think it's near the Chrome, uh, retail store and they design and produce all their shirts in San Francisco. And they're all about bicycle themes. So <clears throat> the dead shirt that I have that I love to wear is, uh, has a has a bicycle wheel with its spokes in the in the head the sca- the the skull in the skull. Whoa! So um, they make that all kinds painful. of bike related apparel. 
They even have apparel for like babies and two-year-olds and stuff. Um, I mean, are babies old enough to, you know, properly make that decision? Baby. Or are they being indoctrinated into the life of a deadhead? Aktung, baby. <laughs> Homage to those of you who listen to a certain podcast. Um, Pegasus, wait, what? What? What did you say? What, what? Homage to babies or... I have no idea what okay. you're talking about. All right. So San Francisco psycho cycle, but um, yeah, I love the dead. And uh, I think we talked about this. Uh, yeah. We talked about it a couple of shows ago that there is a community of sober uh, deadheads that emerged right when the band, you know, was doing their thing, having all these concerts and all the followers and stuff. And they're, they're called the wharf rats and they have a sober corner, sober circle at every show. And they have their own meeting in San Francisco, actually, um, I've so, been. Have you? Oh yeah, I, I, I have actually. Well, I can say that I actually spoke at it once. That was the first time I ever went. Nice. And I and I did go again, and very friendly, and a lot of dead tattoos and stuff like that. Um, so interesting. Yeah, if you're and some of that old time religion. Oh yeah, but this is like like the dead <laughs> religion, um, the religion of the dead. Yeah, people are like. Uh, I'm a wharf rat, you know, this and that. I, I think it's cool. It's, it's cool. Um, there's also, oh, that's, that's a topic. Um, or that relates to something that I was talking to my sister about the other day, or she brought it up. She sent me an email. Um, actually, let me sit down. Um, give, give us a second, folks. I'm going to put some music on while I get a chair here. Get back to the dead. Friend of the devil. Coming back at you. Here we go. Sitting down. You can control it from there also. Sitting down. Learning the learning the mixer from Pegasus, who is has a very high aptitude for the sound stuff in here. It yeah, it's all stems from Dane Bramage. <laughs> Cool. So, uh, all right. Welcome to High Spirits, 10, 11 p.m. If you're up this late and listening to us, uh, I don't know what you're what you're doing on a Friday night, you know. Well, hopefully you're uh, stone cold sober, had a nice dinner. But maybe you plan to go out dancing, you know, at the Midway or something like that after midnight. I don't know what y'all night owls are up to, but... Speaking of night owls, I did, I was sort of thinking about Pegasus, about uh, sharing today a little bit about um, all the kinds of uh, fun things that I slash you slash we do and that people can get up to um, in the mission, you know, 
that oh. where you know I'm not I'm not drinking anymore and I have so much fun I've my uh, my whole uh, sort of social life has really the gravity has been the mission district for 15 years basically whether or not I lived in San Francisco and still come out every weekend when I lived in other parts of the Bay Area so I was just thinking about how much fun I've been having at different places, venues, um, spots, restaurants, and with friends in the mission. So I was just sort of thinking about, hey, well, I'm having all this fun not drinking, you know? It's a place that one can go. I mean, I spend 98% of my non-home, non-work time at in the mission. Um, yeah, exactly. There you go. I go to meetings there. I meet friends for food and coffee there. It's... Uh, there's a lot of the entertainment I go to. I, I go to the Roxy, Alamo Draft House, uh, various other cultural institutions, and it's all right there. Um, my neighborhood, not as much attraction there, so I'm I'm here all the time. It's great. It's the um, heart of San Francisco. And <clears throat> sort of, I suppose, a little bit on the edge maybe a little right off the edge of the mission. Um, speaking of like night owls and getting up to fun stuff last night, I was up late and needed to just sort of felt like I needed to eat something, even though I don't even know if I was really that hungry. That's first world problems. Um, and I was, you know, there's no late night eats in San Francisco. There's nowhere to go. I mean, it's un completely unsurprising when a restaurant closes its door at, at 9 p.m. Uh, yeah, exactly. You guys know, right? Unless you're in Australia or something. Yeah. Um, or Mozambique. But, uh, yeah, stuff closes really early. You know, really what I recommend to people would be Beretta um, at, I think, 23rd in Valencia or Nopa, which is open, or Shea Mama. And those places close, like, uh, maybe... 11 midnight one o'clock two o'clock depending on the uh the day like thursday friday saturday or which restaurant but definitely open much later than your typical restaurant and the quality of food there is very high so it's not like going for some junky pizza or uh you know no offense to taquerias but i've eaten <clears throat> tons and tons and tons but uh <clears throat> those are always good spots too good value but I did discover this place. I wonder if you know it, Pegasus. It's called It's Tops Coffee House. It's Tops. It's on Market Street. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Have you been there? Oh, many times. Oh, there you go. I mean, it's, it's my great. new jam. I mean, well, I hope it's my new jam. Like with, I suppose, really like my one friend who I would be hanging out with late at night, bullshitting, looking for a donut shop, like. We would, we would be going to Bob's or Happy Donuts. Happy Donuts is depressing AF. Bob's is great, but it's not really a place to like hang out. Um, but this It's Tops place, yeah, I've driven by it for many, many times, and I didn't know what it was. And I went in. It's a beautiful little diner. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah. I got I got some of the best pancakes that I've ever had in my life. Honestly, I mean. It's a great breakfast place for sure. All all night breakfast. Um, Old school. It was eggs, o eggs over yeah. easy sausage. Okay, there you go. Yeah, 
I had a malted vanilla shake and pancakes. Yeah, that's me, guys. <laughs> um, I do not cook. But uh, it was super tasty. The service was real great. Nobody was in there. Uh, they were just just uh, flipping tiddlywinks. Um, and they're, they're open till all hours, aren't they? They said 3 a.m. last night. But I think on the weekend, weekends, I think they're open super late. And they said they get really busy when the bars close. Yeah. Um, but... You know, really good reviews, and uh, my my gut tells me that the food quality is pretty high for the Greasy Spoon. Um, so I'm definitely going to go back. But uh, it's tops. I was just cruising around. Everything was dead. And I suppose on a Thursday night at 1.30, I mean, even the, yeah, the bars are closing. So there's really nothing to do. Nope, except uh, go out for pancakes. Go out for pancakes on a Friday um, night. Yeah. Um, but uh, back to uh, the dead wharf rats thing, um, that group that we have, uh, we talked about briefly before. Um, that is, as I mentioned, the wharf rats are the, a sober um, community of, of deadheads. And uh, my sister sent me a really interesting email about uh, straight edge. Pegasus, do you know about straight edge? Just the term, or is there a group? Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, yeah, tell me. I mean, so there's a term. What does straight edge invoke for you? What does it mean? To, what do you think it means, or what does it mean to you? Or have you used it, or has anybody ever called you straight edge? Yeah, I've mostly heard it um, from, you know, people in their teens or 20s who had, uh, you know, had a bad experience with drugs or alcohol, kind of crashed and you know got in trouble with their family or the police or both and then they i i didn't really i wasn't really aware of you know programs at the time so all i just know is that they kind of like made a vow to themselves to be straight edge to be sober oh yeah yeah and and you know like they would make jokes about you know etching the word straight edge on their their forehead or something to remind themselves oh yeah so you do okay it's like a really hardcore kind of associated with the with the punk scene but i hung out with okay you know in the punk scene. that's it you hit the nail on the head that's what uh she sent me information about straight edge um where it came from connection to the punk scene so uh <clears throat> straight edge uh sometimes signified by xxx or x is a subculture originated from hardcore punk whose adherents refrain from using alcohol, tobacco, and other recreational drugs in reaction to the excesses of punk culture, subculture, just like the Wharf Rats, I think, in the dead culture. I wonder what other musical communities, like maybe the classical music community has has a subculture of uh, acid trippers, you know, right? Like in response to how sober and stuffy all the classical music listeners are. I could totally be wrong. If you're a classical music listener and you're wild and you have insights, please call us at 415-550-0511. Set me straight. Uh, you don't have to implicate Pegasus in this judgment. Um, cla- I do think classical music people are so straight edge. I I think you will discover soon that that you are completely wrong. So uh, just the the final thing is the term itself, straight edge. I had no idea. Um, was adopted from the 1981 song Straight Edge by hardcore punk band Minor Threat. Maybe we oh, can yeah. throw it on. Um, and wait, yeah, what? what am I wearing tonight? Oh, yeah. What are you? 
Minor Threat. Yeah. Oh my God! This is insane. That's a, hey, that's a coincidence if I've ever seen one. Oh, no, that's a god oh, no. shot if I've ever oh, seen one. No, what go good there. orderly direction? Um, that is unreal. Pegasus is wearing a, a t-shirt with funk, punk bands, including Minor Threat. Minor Threat. I'm blown away. Um, oh, yeah. Could we cue up the the song? Um, any at some point, like it doesn't have to be now, but. Well, just be good to have a musical interlude at some point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll play it when we take a break. Uh, at, at your discretion. Sure Minor enough. threat. Um, San Fran Cycle, Grateful Dead, Bicycle Spoke T-shirts, and my co-host Pegasus wearing the Minor Threat shirt as we're discussing the Straight Edge movement. So <laughs> they coined the term Straight Edge. And growing up, yeah, people talked about it in, in grade school, middle school, probably more in middle school and high school, like, Oh, you're such a straight edge or um, really like that. People calling me straight edge. And I was a prep preppy guy, you know, um, I was straight edge, but I, I, I did listen to um, some mainstream punk music. Um, hey, does anybody remember the album punks and Drublick? I don't even know if punk people consider that a punk punk band. Um, and, uh, but uh yeah, so people called me straight edge because I tucked in my sweaters and I got straight A's. But I had no idea, no one ever intimated or or suggested to me, my peers, that straight edge came from, uh, was a punk subculture of sobriety. I didn't even know it was associated with sobriety. I thought it was like like get, being a goody two-shoes. Well, I would say that in addition to, you know, being all fuck you to authority and and society in general, they were probably also fuck you to the sober community of Alcoholics Anonymous. You think so? Yeah, because that, that would also be too, you know, goody two shoes and square <laughs> okay. to them. So they had to pick their own name for it. Yeah. And they, they ha- it had to be punk. It had to be, you know, fucked up in some way, um, you know, like, like you had to be completely straight edge and if you even smoked you know took a puff off of a friend's cigarette um you you had broken your your straight edge yeah actually to to that point there was a counter counter movement that emerged called bent edge and bent edge is that person who felt it was okay in the punk scene of straight edge subculture to um take that drag off the cigarette Take that occasional puff. Also, I just wanted to mention that there was a strong association with um, the subculture of straight edge, even with you know participants or adherents to vegetarianism and animal rights and veganism and stuff like that. So that was fascinating to me. You know, I think of punks. I mean, I have some familiarity with the music or I had some friends who were maybe into that scene. Um, I can't really say that I'm too expert at it but i do somehow associate punks with like skinheads and intolerance and i don't know why that is where does that come from american history x is that where i saw that yo fuck you yeah um but i love i mean there's uh, yeah there's been great punk music that i've heard such as bad brains american history x came a pretty long time after the punk where was the sex pistols punk uh, Sex Pistols. Um, oh, the Ramones. The Ramones. No, yeah. I mean technically, yeah, they're they're kind Jackie's of Jackie's a punk. Judy's a punk. They even say punk. They, <laughs> they're pretty pop music. Okay, uh, that's compared, what it is compared with is, like um, hardcore punk. Is Blink One Eighty Two punk? 
What? <laughs> is uh, fuck you, uh, man. Rancid is punk, right? Uh, yeah. not really. Oh, jeez. Never really checked them man, out. Have I been living a lie? <laughs> a big straight edge lie. Punk existed from like I don't know the mid seventies until like nineteen eighty one or eighty two, and everything that came after that, they're all oh, posers. Post punk. They're posers. They're you know like Green Day. Come on, that's just a rock band that's posing. Well, that's alternate, alternative, alternative. You wouldn't believe how many people have said, "Oh yeah, I'm into punk. I listen to Green Day." And, and Offspring I'm like, too. Fuck you. I think people would say Offspring. They're like, "Oh yeah," but. That reminded me of, yeah, so so basically the other runts in the litter, the other kids I was growing up with, like the skaters and stuff who called me, well, they're not the only ones who called me straight edge, but it was it was wrong. It was, it was, hey, not, straight edge. It was not used correctly because I'm not in the punk scene. <laughs> so I was getting called straight edge for no good reason. Maybe they were just kind of generalizing it yeah. to, to say that you looked straight oh and, yeah a lgbtqr code um <laughs> as opposed to oh boy that's a whole thing i listened to uh the new dave Chappelle netflix special which i think is like people i think have found it to be very controversial and offensive uh and i will say that i really enjoyed it and there is a whole thing about the LGBTQ community and stuff like that. And I went down the rabbit hole of like, what do all the letters mean? And um, then I discovered that today, the most comprehensive thing that I saw was LGBTQQIAA+. That was the most, that's currently the most comprehensive. Most inclusive. Um, yes. Before, you know, let's say it was just G or something, right? Or Q. And here's what I learned. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, um, queer or questioning, QQ. People have been um, using just the one Q and meaning questioning or meaning queer. This is what I read. And um, anecdotally from other people that I know. So QQ, double Q. Double Q. I is intersex. Mm -hmm. And A is asexual. And the other A is something else. But, oh man, in that I'm not including some other things such as pansexual, panromantic, aromantic. There's so much stuff. I saw somebody on um, Hinge the uh, today that came up uh, and... Um, the, the, there was something new and, and very timely, uh, having researched this, uh, the, uh, all this stuff post Dave Chappelle controversial comedy set, um, where he talks about, you know, the LGBT community. He says it's like the alphabet people or something like that. Anyways, I wanted to get more educated on, um, what they all mean and how people like self-identify and stuff like that. Well, that's cool. That's a, that's a, that's, I think that's a smart thing to do. I mean, they're, they're, it's hard to be right about it all the time, but it's good to be just, you know, be open and uh, have an open heart. Because, um, you know, a lot of people from communities of, uh, you know, from the queer communities, communities of color, they're, they're, they don't feel welcome. They don't feel like the, the world is necessarily open to them. And 
I think it's good to throw a little love their way and, you know. Oh, yeah. The other, uh, one of the A's that's thrown in in the comprehensive one is ally. Asexual ally. Hmm. I I was surprised. So that was thrown in the mix. And the plus is like for everything that hasn't come out yet or hasn't been covered. Um, And uh, I will say, so on the heels of that, Dave Chappelle followed by going down the rabbit hole and learning about what the quote, you know, the community or the movement, you know, on the web is uh, how how it, they're representing themselves, um, maybe officially or branding or whatever. And then on the Hinge profile, this person had a comment about aromantic pansexual. So this person was, um, you know said that they're looking for looking for love a pansexual friendship and an aromantic i don't know man no attachments i was confused they they want sex with everybody with no attachments i don't know good for them no 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 they were ace okay asexual panromantic i don't know anyways so sue me folks um so yeah, so yeah, lots of different things. And then on the on that topic, you know, connecting it to sobriety, um, there is uh, there are uh, meetings, all kinds of meetings out there, men's meetings, women's meetings, um, young people's meetings. And we meant the aforementioned uh, deadhead meetings, the wharf rats. And uh, there's uh, all kinds of meetings. Um, and also there are gay meetings and there's places where um people who are you know identify as gay or perhaps you know other members of the lgbtq community have safe spaces and and interest affinity groups around meetings and i've gotten to attend um when i when i was exploring the san francisco scene um meeting scene i uh i definitely put a lot of i i I went to um um one of the fellowships in the castro and and uh tried out all these different kinds of meetings including uh gay meetings and it was cool yeah it's not not in my repertoire these days but did you feel welcomed yeah yeah over i mean my the short answer is yes i think that um and you know i guess i mean I suppose, I mean, I identify, yeah, I identify pretty straight edge, <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Um, that doesn't mean what you think it means. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're just mixing malapropisms, just mixing stuff up, anachronisms, malapropisms. But, uh, I did overall. Yeah. I felt it was welcoming. I thought there was a lot of cool insights. I mean, dude, we're all, we're all human beings. And, but, uh, of course there's unique stuff in uh different lifestyles and experiences and romance and all that kind of stuff and i there were definitely things where i didn't feel as uh didn't feel that some things were as relatable but a lot but i think mostly it was the kind of topics and things that came up were very familiar and relatable and it's all part of our broader community so it's you know it's it's just another meeting but it's really cool that there are all these interest groups in fact um yeah well um yeah so yeah it's uh there's there's meetings for everybody um in this town 
including, uh, well, AA is known for being very, uh, you know, very much about uh, having a higher power, and there are meetings for people who don't have higher powers, yeah. and that's a good thing. Yeah, there's meetings in Spanish. There's oh, meetings yeah. in uh, there's a I think there's a Croatian meeting, um, or yeah. Uh, anyways, there there are meetings in a variety of different languages. There's um, meetings for people of color. There's meetings for um, right for gay folks, for lesbians, for people who want to meditate, for people who are Buddhist. Um, there's refuge recovery. There's life oh, ring, yeah, smart which is recovery, yeah. smart recovery. Life ring, which is I guess sort of a cognitive behavioral therapy that comes with a workbook and stuff. And it's all there's a lot to choose from here, and that's really kind of remarkable. I yeah. guess it's what you'd expect in 2019. Oh, yeah. That there's uh, just a lot to choose. You know, there's a, a it's a big smorgasbord. You don't have to go with the one size fits all AA, um, you know, prescription of you know go to traditional meetings and uh, you know and stick with that program. You can choose what works for best for you, and and you don't have to worry about whether other people will judge you for it because you'll be doing your own thing. Um, thanks for sharing about all those. Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, um, yeah, all the different ways I was, I just subjected one of my friends, uh, to, well, my roommate, um, who's a good friend, um, to just, I just was, we, well, we were in a discussion. Maybe I wasn't torturing him, but he, he was a willing participant in, and like hours long discussion about recovery and, the program and my experience and other people's experiences and just all kinds of stuff. And I mean, he's a normie and uh, we've talked about that normal people are not addicts and alcoholics, <laughs> but, uh, and have like a healthy relationship or just a low key relationship with that stuff. But um, so it was uh, really in depth and actually um, super cool. Some, some cool things ca came up. Um, my mom says, do not repeat one thing too many times. Just make sure and remember, am I repeating myself? <laughs> That's, um, she's listening. I think and, between the two of us, we've <laughs> gone back and forth oh. over some of the same territory a few times. Oh, yeah. that's what she's saying. Normies and Grateful Dead. Oh my God. She's such a, she's an avid listener and she's checking me right now. On One of these days we're going to work up an agenda before we sit down in front yeah. of the microphones. Yeah, we will. Um, and, but just wanted to, yeah, this is like a stream of consciousness today, but, um, yeah, today talked about, we got into talking about, you know, does it work for everyone? How does it work? What else is out there? So, yeah, I think, uh, my, I was talking about uh, rehab became <laughs> a big point a focal point of the conversation. And I was sharing with him about all this stuff I've learned anecdotally about rehab. And, um, I don't have any experience with it, but inevitably in the rooms and, and in this journey, in this wonderful journey of sobriety and recovery, um, you, people have had experiences in uh, rehab facilities, whether they are community-based or private organizations, you know, nonprofit, for-profit, whatever. And, 
Um, I definitely have a, I have a mixed feelings about the industry and um, all the offerings out there. And I was expressing that and he was like, hey, you know what? A lot of what you're saying and talking about was co- is covered in a in one of the John Oliver a late night uh, John Oliver. Uh, you know, he has some show on HBO. Oh, right? he's that guy with the uh, the fake British accent yeah. who claims to be from Great Britain. Yeah, I guess so. And was on an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, um, actually. Oh, is uh, that show still produced? I don't know. I think they did a season nine or eight. I don't know if it's gonna. They're gonna come out with another season. But um, so John Oliver did a really great. I hope you guys, if anybody's listening out there, <laughs> I hope uh, you guys will go look up on YouTube. Just look up the keywords John Oliver Rehab, and you know he he pulls all these. Um, stories from say vice or uh frontline and all these interviews that other people have done and he you know he's really it was a critique i mean it's uh understatement to say that he was providing a very strong rebuke and critique of what is a hot, uh, an unregulated industry so some of the fun facts he threw out was that there were 14,500 rehab centers across the United States so and that it's grown very rapidly over the last 10-15 years um, and that the industry is a 35 billion dollar industry in the country dude we're totally missing out on this with what we know yeah and um, (laughs) unfortunately there are these traditions in in the program that prohibit prohibit us presumably from making a profit off of um oh pegasus just passed me my Lacroix. and by the way thank you pegasus for getting me tots and ketchup <laughs> from our favorite spot and they're ex- especially crunchy even though they're at room temperature now yeah. they're even crunchier than than when they're hot out of the fryer well that's because we dipped them in shellac before oh, we brought them excellent over. Yeah. lacquer lacquer um oh on that note i got my first mani pedi in my life uh, in in uh, in the neighborhood, oh, last week when I was off for Labor Day weekend, uh, I just mentioned that because I think they put a clear coat or shellac or something on people's nails, and I was like, they asked me sort of with some trepidation, and I was like, uh, no, I don't think so. I'm gonna just go with uh, no no uh, uh, veneer or uh, shiny whatever. So what you're telling us, you went all the way to the brink and then you said no? Went to the brink. Jeez. Um, so $35 billion industry and unregulated. And they really focused on all the unscru- unscrupulous operators out there. Um, citing, they they invo- um, showed us, you just got to go and watch it, but uh, advertising. Yeah. Yeah, we could play it, but it's a 20-minute segment. Maybe if we run out of things to do, we could play towards the end. Yeah. Yeah, just the audio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For sure. If we decide to end early, we can just play that as our outro. (laughs) Um, But uh, I have a tater in my hand right now, and I really just don't want to stop talking and just eat it. I'm salivating. But um, I'll just just say that uh, the the rehab thing... um, it, it confirmed a lot of stuff that I had learned or gleaned anecdotally from compatriots 
and through um, work I've done, I think, you know, there's this whole thing called H&I, Hospitals and Institutions, and it's where you bring meetings into, not rehabs per se, I don't really know, maybe they do, but but to, no, actually, it's like to uh, veteran VA run meetings, uh, state prisons, federal prisons, recovery homes that are related to um, maybe some government related uh, diversion program or something like that. So mm-hmm. anyways, um, uh, what he cited like all these interviews with all these people who came across as major douchebags that own these rehabs like in Malibu and L.A. and 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 that charge seventy thousand dollars one place uh apparently charges seventy thousand dollars per month yikes yeah and <laughs> offers like you know he was he was poking fun at things like equine therapy hi, i don't know hydrotherapy um y- you know yoga all this kind of stuff i mean you know all this stuff i'm sure he was saying so many things can be therapeutic but are they coming from an evidence-based you know approach um and you know, that's a whole, perhaps a whole other topic because, you know. Are you saying you would turn down a, a hands-on prayer healing? Prayer healing? Would you? Uh, do they do that? I I would assume it's out there.